0: All right, we're going to continue our sermon series called God the Holy Spirit and His Work. Today I want you to really narrow in on what gifts has God the Holy Spirit given you to use for the glory of His name and the advancement of the gospel? What gifts has He set afire in your heart? What has He given you? How has He made you? How has He shaped you? How has He ordained every part of your life to use you for the kingdom of God in His local church so all of us come together to magnify and glorify the name of Jesus. You know, I, um, I want to ask you these few questions. You hear it, don't you? You hear it. I want to ask you these few questions. And you give me an amen only if you really believe it. We don't want to get religious in here, so don't be giving us religious amens. If you really believe this, I want you to give it an amen. How many people believe that God, through Restoration Road, is going to pack this place out and change many lives for the glory of Jesus? How many people believe that it's going to spill over and we're going to plant churches in towns and towns around here? How does that happen? How does that happen? How are we going to get there? Because God is always good. God is always the same. Like people say, it's going to be a great service today. Only thing that changes our affections towards the same God with the same mercy and the same grace, Right? God's not changing. He's still good. He's still dying on the cross. He still loves you. He shows you mercy every day. Only things that change is our, our, our affection stirred for the living God. That's the only thing that's changing. He's the same. So let me ask you this. We are going to get there. Listen to this carefully. When we all use the gifts that God has given us, God the Holy Spirit, in unison as one to glorify the one and only God. Amen? That's how we're going to get there. It doesn't just happen magically one day. It doesn't happen like they say, if someone's poor, don't pray for them to get food. Give them food. If the church needs to grow, don't pray that it grows. Share the gospel. Use your gifts. Change your town. Change your city. Change your workplace. Please hear this today because some of you have gifts that God the Holy Spirit has given you in the are laying null and void inside of you. It's either you, you wrongly don't know how to identify it or the enemies just totally crush you so you're not using your gifts or you're just lazy. Can I get an amen on that? Wow, I'm getting rowdy up here. I've already asked for 18 amens. I apologize. When I was young, I was about 19 years old. i shared this story with you, but I thought it was applicable today. And I'm not making light of this. I'm just telling you what my lifestyle was. And a few of my friends will attest to it. Our goal in the summer of 97, my senior year of high school, this is such a vain goal, was to have a keg party every day for the whole summer of 97. I gave my life to this. Do you understand me? I just needed an ironed white t-shirt, fresh shorts, sneakers. And I'm talking, there was a point where I was sacrificed. I didn't even want to go out. And people were keeping me accountable, just driving by like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Let me tell you, by the end of summer of 97, I felt empty. I was sitting there, and I think it was the last one we had been in. 120 consecutive cake parties. It doesn't fill the soul. I was sitting in my friend's backyard, and I was sharing stories. I always just share stories, make a little joke, share experiences. And as I sat there, I realized that a whole crowd had gathered around me to listen to me tell my stories. And I said to myself, and it was a big part of my life, a big changing point in my life, I said, I've wasted my gift. I said, for some people, for some reason, God has given me a gift where people pay attention to what I say, where they follow me, where they listen to my stories, where whatever God has given to me, whatever gift that is, I've wasted it. Because here I am in the back of a cake party in Lynn, Massachusetts, wasting on, it on my own glory that was passing away. It was one of the most empty feelings I ever had in my life. But you know what God did that same year? He broke me down. He brought me to my knees. He changed me through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and he set my gift on fire for his glory. Some of you, God has given you gifts, and we're going to go over different gifts today. This whole month is just going to be talking about gifts. But today we're going to focus on Romans 12. What gift is lying inside of you that God has given you? And everyone doesn't have to be a preacher. Everyone doesn't have to be a communicator. You can get there. You can be a servant. You can have acts of mercy. You can have the gift of prophecy. Whatever it is, if you've had that moment where you say, I'm wasting my gift. I'm being lazy. The enemy's tearing me down. I'm using it for my own glory. Do you know many people use their gifts for their own glory? Eminem is probably one of the best evangelists in the world. He used it for the kingdom of darkness, right? Right? When you can gather crowds like that, whether you're an artist, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a communicator, and you use it for your own glory, the enemy has thwarted the mission of God. God has called us to use our gifts. And I want you asking this question today. What gift or what gifts has God the Holy Spirit given you that you need to use for the glory of God today? Let's turn to Romans 12, 3 through 8. And we got it on this nice big projector. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So first, I want to say, what is the Apostle Paul saying right out the gate? Don't think highly of yourself if you have a gift. Gifts come from God the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, when you get a gift, are you someone that's humble when people give you gifts? Are you like, it's about time? Are you a about time person? (laughs) I was waiting for you to give me that. I deserved it. Are you like, man, you got me? I don't deserve a gift. Why'd you give me a gift? The posture we need to take with the gifts of God are, how humbled am I? I'm a filthy sinner. How humble it should be that us, and we all know we're sinners. You never have to preach that hard in church. We know we're sinners. That God still in our filthiness and our sin and our brokenness says, I'm going to give you gifts to use you for the kingdom of God. Is that an amazing thing? That should break our hearts. I remember there was a successful priest, and people used to flock to his church, and no one could figure out why so many people came to his church. And one day they asked him. He was a real humble, laid-back guy. They said, why do you think so many people come to you why do you think so many people fill the congregation he said because God couldn't have chosen a a more filthy sinner than me to use for his glory and people know that and when people come to me they know I'm not up here they know I'm down there and it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to serve it's just like the gospel right if you get the gospel wrong you're constantly going to be up here and everyone's down here when am I going to get them to my level your level's down here one trash can comparing itself to another trash can, right? He looks dirty. Even your level on its best day, Jesus is at that ceiling. When you get the gospel right, it makes you lowly. The Pharisees didn't get God in his love and his commandment. It made them high, and they spent their life trying to get people to their level and getting that praise. What the gospel does, it puts you low. It puts you washing people's feet. It puts you serving people. And then you look at someone else and you say, they're suffering as a sinner. I need to speak grace in their life and help them to mature if they need to mature. That's if you get the gospel right. You realize it's undeserved. It's the same with the gifts. That's why they're called gifts. You didn't earn your gift. Who earns a gift? God gives it to us by his grace, and that's what the apostle Paul is right here saying. He said, by the grace Given to you. The problem is, people think other people are more valuable if they're more gifted than them. That's a problem in our competitive Western culture. We say, well, that person's so gifted and God must love him more. You imagine having a father like that. He gives the gifts to his children, he loves them more because of the gifts he gave them? Does that sound like a just and fair God? No. He loves each person according to the faith, according to grace, according to the gift he's given. The problem is, we feel like God. Loves others more if they're more gifted or if they have the stage gifts, right? Like God must love me, right, because I'm up here preaching. How about he's called me to suffer more? And I could say, man, he doesn't love me as much as some people need to get up on the stage, right? God does not love you any less because of the gift you have. He wants you to use that gift for his glory. See, this is what people do. They say, man, if I'm not that gifted, I'm not going to do anything. Well, the apostle Paul, man, he was... He was probably the most influential Christian who ever lived. You need to come to a point where you say people are greater than you. You know how many better preachers there are than me? Imagine I didn't preach because there were so many better preachers. No one preached. There'd be one guy preaching for all of America. Right? There are people who preach better. There are better Christians than me. There are better pastors than me. But God gave me a gift to use. I need to use it. There's people who do stuff better, and that's awesome. We need to come to that realization and say, God, whatever you've given me, I'm willing to use that for the glory of God. So first of all, grace, humility, the posture. Don't think highly of yourself because you have a gift. Secondly, you've got to identify your gift. And this is what I want to really say to everyone. You don't pick your gift. You're given your gift. You have it by the God, the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, This is called the parable of the shortstop. Some of you have heard this. So when I played softball, I was I was a decent center fielder with a Johnny Damon arm. You know what I mean? When I really got fired up, I could put it a little. So I was a decent center fielder. But when I was in center field, and you see the shortstop, and they just look like they get all the glory. No. Just the way they do everything, the way they pick it up, they throw it, they kind of walk off. They're just trying to tell everyone just the swag is saying, I'm the best and most gifted on this team. So what happened was. I got to coach my own church team. You know where I wanted to put myself? At shortstop. Because that's where all the glory is, right? I'm saying, you know what? I'm doing okay in center field, but you know what? All the glory is at shortstop. I'm going to pick that gift, right? You know what the only problem is? I've been scared of the ball since I've been six years old. <laughs> six years old. I could never figure out why people weren't more scared at the plate. I was like, why? That, that ball's hard. Why are they talking that thing? So every time a grounder came hard, my head's over here, and you can't pick up the ball. And I got a Johnny Damon arm. So what happened is I put myself at shortstop. You know what that did to my team? It hurt the team. Because every time a hard ball was hit, it got through. Every time they needed to throw someone out first, my arm was just a little not strong enough. That happens in the church, you know? Can I get an amen? We all think there's about three gifts that matter in the church. The preacher, the worship leader, and some other person I can't get off the top of my head. There's another one. We think there's three giftings that matter. And that's why churches are dying everywhere. Because you need the whole body using their giftings to build up the body of Christ. And if everyone's coveting gifts that aren't theirs, the church is going to suffer. If you think that your gift doesn't matter, the enemy is lying to you. If you think that it doesn't matter, it hurts the church. But it's when we all realize and identify the gifts of God given to us, the church flourishes, the church plants churches. It's a miraculous, miraculous thing. You know, some of you have been lied to and you think you're not gifted. Some of you honestly believe you're not gifted. I'm telling you today, God the Holy Spirit has given anyone, everyone a gift. And you need to use that for the glory of God. So let's just go through some of these gifts. And I want to ask, you to ask yourself now, if not, there's none on the list, don't go out of here. I told you I wasn't gifted. We're going to hit gifts in different texts all month and go through them. This is just the start. But I want to share these with you. <clears throat> the gift of prophecy. Now, we're, in the coming weeks, we're going to narrow down the gift of prophecy, <clears throat> but it's a real gift. We here at Restoration Road believe God the Holy Spirit is still alive and still moving. But I want to share with you a a short example of the gift of prophecy and how it helps the church. And and in the coming weeks, we'll really narrow down that gift by itself. So this is kind of, to me, it just uh, shows me that God's for Restoration Road. About 10 years ago, I was 27 years old. I shared this with some of you already. I was 27 years old, and I wanted to go full-time in ministry. And I was working electrical, and I I felt like i have put my last exhaust fan in. I'm not showing up in another house and going in another person's bathroom and putting another exhaust fan. So I said, God, I want to go full-time right now. And I prayed to God, and I prayed, and I had to work on my heart. All of a sudden, in the next week or two, I forget exactly when it happened, I have what I would call a prophetic dream. And this doesn't happen every day, every week. That does not It's not every week. And there's a difference between eating too late and having crazy dreams or being anxious about something and you're dreaming about it and you know when God, the Holy Spirit, gives you a dream. I had a dream that when I was 37 years old, I'd go full time. God hit that nail on the head. I had a dream when I was 37 years old, we'd be moving into Greenwood Union Church a decade ago and three churches would be meeting here. I told, I was accountable about it. I told the pastors, I told my wife, and my wife gave me the best example of what you say, someone who says they're prophesying. Said, either you're hearing from God or you're silly. That's really what people say. Because I don't think, even people, because prophecy is accurate. So if you're batting 200 on prophecy, you're not, you're not really understanding the gift. Right? But that's how prophecy should be. It should be accountable. And if you don't get it, I, I think 90% of people don't have devious um, motives. They're just silly. They're just silly, and they need to be trained and matured in the gift, if they even have it. But God spoke to me, and that helped God, the Holy Spirit, lead us to this place. Is that unbelievable? A decade. So I needed God to speak to me in that kind of prophetic dream, in order for the good of this church. Because to be honest, I was looking at retail places. I was look. I'll put us in the Ritz Carlton. You know how we roll. I love old historic New England churches but I want to go where God calls me. And when you know God has called you and he tells you a decade before, it puts fire in your bones, amen? And so that's the gift of prophecy and we'll narrow it down the future because that can get out of control when it's not used rightly and with maturity and with accountability. Okay? Service. So I want to ask first, do you have the gift of prophecy? Has God ever spoken to you, not just a dream, where you feel God's speaking something to your heart, you've had accountability about it, And it's happened, you feel God, the Holy Spirit's leading you that way. I want you to ask yourself that question. Secondly, do you have the gift of service? Man, my heart was so blessed. You know, I'm torn as a pastor because when you have a congregation, you're like, man, so many more people need to serve. But at the same time, you're like, wow, people are serving. So when we were serving this week, we went nonstop. People were in fifth gear just serving God, getting this church ready. We moved all of Nazareth to Greenwood in one night. It was bananas. There was baptisms on people's heads. People were throwing stuff in. It was crazy. But you know that God sent so many servants to help us, and I just want to, none of these people want to be recognized, but I want to recognize them because they helped shaping a servant culture at Restoration Road. You know, Michaela, she didn't want it. She already gave me one of these. Here we go. (laughs) Michaela couldn't make it the first night. We're down there painting. And somehow Natalie says, I forget how it went down, but Natalie says, I knew Michaela would make it down here somehow. I said, if she can't serve, she's going to do something. Next thing you know, I hear Michaela's voice, and someone says, imagine if Michaela bring food. Michaela walks in with six subs. Says, listen, I couldn't help, but I can bring the sustenance. I want to serve you. They were nice cold cuts in the south. She was serving to the glory of God. And I said, wow, that's what builds the church. Paul and Amber. They're just workers. They don't want me to do it, but they're workers, and we need workers in the church. We were painting, and before they came down, I said, we're putting them in the big room because they're no joke. They're no joke. It's like a partnership, a team. They come, in, it's almost like they've been doing it for years. They're throwing drawers out. They're rolling stuff. I look. Two hours later, the room's done. I'm like, thank God for people who have servants' heart, and they helped us move too. Amber's walking in with the guys with tables on her neck. Like, what's going on? Because people, we need people serving. Dennis, Dennis is a servant. Now, he gets wild. He gets wild. He put mob deep on, and I say, you can't put mob deep on in the church. Shut up. Like, he gets wild, but he's a servant. He was here every single night, including the move, and I thank God for people like him. Jeff, there's so many grace graces going back and forth. Jeff is here serving. The sensei's down there teaching us how to paint nonstop. Joe Gore, getting it done in all aspects, moving, worship leading. You heard him today, he gave an announcement, just went right into the verse. Lydia came down. She's always there to serve, and she has a night shift. So if anyone has an excuse to stay home, it's Lydia. She comes and she serves. And my wife and Diane, I don't know if Diane's here today, but Diane came down, painted a few things for us too, just with a servant's heart. These people who I just said, I want to ask you, Do you have the gift of service? And if you say yes, you need to keep cultivating that for the good of the church. Because if that's not used, the church dies. That's how important that gift is. To me, I look at just as important as me being up at the pulpit today. And some of you, do you need to repent of not being servants and God's calling you to be a servant? Please repent and receive God's grace and let's grow as a church. How about the gift of teaching? And these all are listed in the text today. That's why I'm going. Are some of you called to be a teacher? Once again, it doesn't have to be at the pulpit. Are you called to be a teacher? Is that how you de- think? See, the difference between the preacher and a teacher is the preacher gets you all motivated and fired up. The teacher tells you why you're motivated and fired up. You know? Are you a teacher and do you need to use that gift for the glory of God? Exhortation. Are you someone that just encourages people? Do you have the gift of lifting people up we need that in the church, don't we? So many people keep us down. We need the person who's speaking encouraging words. You can make it. You can do it. There's much grace for you. Keep on going. Repent. All that good stuff. Do you have the gift of exhortation? Please use it for Restoration Road and the glory of God. Are you a leader? That's a gift. Let me ask you, if you're a leader, where are you leading people? Are you leading them to Jesus? Are you leading them away to your own glory? If you're a leader, you should lead with fire, it says. Lead with zeal. Has God called you to be a leader? And are you using that gift to the glory of God? We need more leaders. Now, people just think leaders are up front. No, we need leaders in small groups. We need leaders in the children's church. We need leaders in service. We need leaders in evangelism. We need leaders in everything who say, follow me. I'm on fire. God's changed my life. Let's do this. We need leaders who have fire in their bones for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you called to be a leader? And finally, does your heart break? Do you have the gift of mercy? Does your heart break for the broken, for the homeless, for the abused, for the addicted, for the fatherless, for the widows? Does your heart break for that? If it does, please use your gift and mobilize people at Restoration Road for the glory of God and the advancement of the gospel and the restoration of many souls to the one and only God. Ask yourself these questions because know what the world's telling you? Use all your gifts for yourself. It's telling you to sell out for the American dream. It really is more and more. People lay down their lives for the American dream. They they lay down their lives for the dollar bill. Stop getting caught in that system. Lay your life down And use your gifts for the glory of God. One of my favorite movies is The Bronx Tale. What's that quote in that? One of the saddest things in life is what? Wasted talent. Let me get biblical right here. One of the saddest things in life is wasting your gifts when they could be used for the glory of God. And I want you to say, if you just, something set on fire in your heart and you said, I have that gift. Will you share that with me and Pastor Dave? One of the biggest growth of our times of growing of our church is when everyone sent me an email what they were gifted in and started acting in it like a year ago. We saw a tremendous jump in the growth and advancement of the gospel in this church. Please use your gift for that. Because Paul compares it to we're all members of one body. And just like your body, if something goes wrong with your body, It messes up the whole system. It doesn't matter how small it is. I got my ear blocked like three weeks ago. I just pushed in and my ear got blocked. I was like, what just happened? No left ear use. It ruined my whole week. And you would say, who needs a left ear? I was, poor Joe, we're at the gym on the treadmill. I'm yelling at him because I can't hear him on that side. Even with talking a little bit, I couldn't... I wasn't enunciating all my words. Even the smallest thing in your body, when it doesn't function right, throws off the whole system. If someone doesn't serve who has the gift of service in this church, it throws off the whole church. If someone who has the gift of mercy doesn't mobilize people for mercy, it throws off the whole church. That's why I want you guys to think so deeply about this. And I wrote this down, and please listen to this if you are called to be the hands of this church and you do not answer the calling with your gifting, then we will not reach the things that we're supposed to grab onto. If you are called to be the legs of this church and you don't use your strength to carry us where we need to get, we will not get there. If you are called to be the heart of mercy of this church and you do not use your gift to reach the broken, then the broken will not be reached through Restoration Road. We need. Your gifts that God the Holy Spirit has given you. Some of you, the enemy is having his way with you. Some of you have the gift of communication and the enemy has made you lazy and caught you up in so much sin that you can't even use it for the good of restoration road. Some of you have the gift of compassion and mercy and you're so selfish because the enemy has tempted you with the things of this world. That you are not using your gift and we're not reaching as many people who should be reaching with mercy. I see men all the time, all the time, waste the gifts that God has given them because the enemy has crushed them with the things of this world and condemnation, and tempted them away by their own desires. I see some of the best preachers world on the on the corner. Like I was driving through some of them, but like a year ago, and this dude was waiting to get picked up for a job, and there was like twenty dudes out there, and he was just preaching. He wasn't preaching the gospel. But he was just preaching about what happened last night. And people were sitting there just like, amen, amen. That dude needs to get up, work hard, and use his gift for the local church he's called to. And that will change everything. We need to use our gifts. If the enemy is keeping you at bay, repent of that sin. The gospel can overcome and use your gifts for the glory of God. And I'll end in this story. It can be scary using your gifts. It can be real scary. When I felt God called me to preach, I cried. I cried in my room alone because I'm petrified being in front of people. You get called to preach, I don't want to be in front of people. A lot of people would rather be put in a casket than get in front of people and preach. That was me. I cried in my room because I felt like God the Holy Spirit said, I've given you a gift and you're supposed to use this for me, so I cried. And I, I want to share this with many people. The anxiety I felt because I had to use my gift that God had given me, I can't even explain it to you guys. It went on for years and years and years, and I still have to fight it sometimes. There were many times I threw up. There were many times I had anxiety attack. I mastered the eight-second breathing. One, two, three, four, three. You guys know. You've been using it. But then one day I went to a DYS, and I shared my Testimony. And this doesn't mean that I'm great. I want to see how God can take you from nothing and use your gift for his glory. I went on this DYS, and there was 49 teenagers there, boys. And they told me to get up and share my testimony and give a call for salvation. That's how we did it in the Pentecostal church. You never preach without giving an altar call. I got up there. I shared my testimony. I gave an altar call. Do you know how many people answered the altar call out of 49? 47. And I was so scared. I was happy. But I said, God has given me a gift that I have to use for his glory. May we have that same fear of God and love for God and love for people that the gifts he put inside of you, that we use them together as one, as one family, one body for the glory of God. Amen.